We're recording. Hello, welcome to Right Answers Mostly. My name is Claire. My name is Tess. Tess and I were having a conversation right before we started, and I was like, we've got to jump in. We're like, like just go, just go, don't take a beat. Exactly, we've got to share it with everyone. Also, this is a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but wanted to. Now, Tess, spill. Okay, so last night was crazy. Guys, last night was insane. Last night, we experienced something I've never personally experienced before. Um, I have had hints. You have, because... I, I dated okay well first of all we'll say okay. what happened and then I'll say why I had that okay um so you know everyone knows our love for our queen our icon our legend Jessica, Jessica Simpson, Simpson. <laughs> she's everything to us it's like one of the first things that Tess and I bonded over yes and like we've <laughs> always said that we'll defend Jessica until the day we die and we're that point was really proven <laughs> last night by some antics on TikTok so we did because of Dolly last week. Mm-hmm. We or um, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, yes. Um, you know, there is a part in Jessica's memoir, Open Book, where she describes this experience that she had performing at the Kennedy Center Honors. <laughs> yes. I still don't know why I can't say that. I'm like, every time I'm like, Kennedy said it doesn't sound, I want to say like honor awards. Mm. Well, you can make it your own, it just sounds weird to me. But she's asked to perform to honor Dolly Parton and to sing nine to five. The most stressful experience I could ever imagine. I mean, literally. And on top of that, she Mm -hmm. writes in her book that like an hour before she goes on for this like amazing performance, once in a lifetime, huge, huge honor, Mm -hmm. John Mayer, who she's on and off again dating, dumps her over email. And he knew what he was doing. Of course, because that is a toxic man or Mm -hmm. any toxic person in a relationship has that thought process of like, hmm. How like, can I get to them? How can I really get to them? Exactly. And how can I make them look weak? And how can I make them feel small? Mm-hmm. So he does this. She starts drinking because she's struggled with addiction mm-hmm. for her entire life. Yeah. And she messes up her her performance. Yeah. She, she she's doesn't drunk. even finish it. She walks off stage. So in the actual, like when you go look at the Dolly um, Kennedy Center honors, honors tribute, um, Jessica's performance isn't in it. But there is a clip that we found where she does run off. Yes. It's like a 22nd. It's like what people um, were able just to save from, yeah. from whatever. So the footage is like minimal. So we, we post this on TikTok and, you know, we're like, yeah, John Mayer's an asshole. Like, this is what happened. He, you know, is a toxic man. Here's the thing. When I saw your video, the John Mayer of it all was so, like, minute to me. To me, you were like, this is Jessica. She went through a hard experience, and Dolly supported her. The John Mayer of it all, I was like... That was like an afterthought. It was like, yeah, like John Mayer's an asshole, but look at the power of women. Look how, like, Dolly's still supportive of Jessica. Which she was. Which she was. And... (laughs) We had no idea. They always say there's one video and like we've talking we've talked to other podcasts about like how have you grown and they've been like we had one TikTok that went viral. I never knew it would be this one for us. But I, I should have known, but we should have known <laughs> because the way that people came for Jessica came for alcoholics and then came for us. And then came for us <laughs> was hurtful and shocking. But we stuck by our queen. And um, and we did response videos still defending her. We did. We did. I So I was cooking dinner <laughs> and researching. I was finishing up my research. So I was away from my phone for like almost two hours. And I came back and was, oh, wow. At the time that Claire had come back, I had been nonstop on TikTok fighting trolls, <laughs> standing up for Jessica. And I was so in it. Like, I was I was wired in, you mm. could say. Um, and by the time Claire came back, I think we had two 
over 200,000 views on this video. It w- and th- this was just the beginning, guys. I mean, who knows where it will be at this time that you're listening. I think it's now at like 600,000. Check out our TikTok at Right Answer Schmoshly. Please do. Um, but yeah, so people were basically like defending John Mayer, saying, why is it just, uh, why should John be the one to blame when Jessica's the one who decided to drink? They kept saying that we said that like John drove her to drink. And I also don't think that was a sentiment either. I think that something happened to her that was traumatic. And then she responded in her way which she had like also it's not this whole thing if she needs it listen i'm getting way too into it right now i'm like this could be a whole episode (laughs) maybe we will for patreon that's true but yeah it's one of those things where like we have to roll it let it roll off her back i have had experience with this i have dated someone um in the public light before and Mm -hmm. when we started dating people started um coming for me and saying that they hoped that i would get run over by a semi-truck so (laughs) i'm like this is nothing new what at that time, and like obviously you were a lot younger, yeah. were you able to be like, that's ridiculous, or did it hurt your feelings? The things that the semi truck thing, I was like, that's so ridiculous. But when people were like, you look pregnant and you need Botox, that's when I was like, well, that's hurtful. But now I feel, oh, <laughs> your body, <had laughs> my body just had a reaction. reaction. <laughs> but like now, and we talked about this on the phone too. It's like, and honestly, because of the dolly of it all and like the Oprah, I feel like learning from these women, I'm in a place right now where I'm like, you don't know anything about me, so you don't exist to me. And it's just, that's such a good way to look at it. It's also like the first thing that men, specifically, and women, because we had a lot of female responses yeah. that were really fucking nasty Crazy. to Jessica. Um, and the thing that most people come for is, like, someone told me, like, you must be single because, like, you're <laughs> such a loser. Right. And I was just like, that's hilarious to me. And then, you know, there's always, like, someone just being like, you stupid, ugly piece of shit. And it's like, that stuff, of course, now I'm like, that does not get to me. If we had this in high school and oh. someone called me ugly or fat or, like, talked about a part of my body when I was a teenage girl, you don't know, like, how that can stick with you for, like... I mean, I was called that in middle school by like, <laughs> who was it? I, said, I mean, all of us were. Yeah, we but all like, had that thing. But think about like trolls doing that to you. It's the guys get a hobby, get a hobby. And we clicked on all these little gross TikTok accounts and they were like, well, people are still fighting. They've th- gone fighting wild. right now. The girls have gone wild. The girls have gone wild. I told Tess, I was like, I felt like we were just sitting in a room by ourselves, and all of a sudden we were just like swarmed with people just getting like fistfights around us. It's wild. Yeah. I think at this point there's like close to 500 comments. It's crazy. So go check it out. Let us know what you think about the whole thing. Once again, we're not saying... We're also we're saying what we're saying. We're saying what we're saying. We're gonna stick by her because we love her and respect her. Um, Jessica is our queen. Check out Open Book, and um, you know that's what this whole month is about: is like lifting each other up and celebrating amazing women. So it is true. Well, goddamn. Speaking of amazing women, I'm so excited for today's episode. Oh yes, today's episode. Um, Well, actually, so I with today's episode, I wasn't going to do the subject originally. Right. I had some other ideas. And then we had talked about her before and obviously she sticks out as an influential woman. And yep. so then I put it on a Instagram poll and it was not even a close race. The fans went wild. The fans went wild. The Frida fans went <gasps> wild. So I you know, we always listen to you Rammies. Yes we do. And that is why I have gone ahead and done it. And we are covering Frida Kahlo. Well, this is so exciting because I literally know nothing about her except that Selma Hayek played her in a movie. 
and that she had she was a hairy woman hairy woman that's all i know of it i mean great i know and i'm like really trying to grow out my brows at the moment oh are you Um, yeah i probably won't do um a unibrow but i'm trying to let all of it just um fade in do you usually pluck them or wax them um well i haven't got them waxed in a long time and so i just try to like maintenance pluck them um in high school and i will i'll post this for you guys Mm. i had no eyebrows at one point that is this is true like i am so lucky that they grew in they were there were none the overpluck was trending and i saw recently that people are like they're back i'm like for you let's not go there no, no, no i love no, a no. big brow me too just like so chunky and mm. Mm. yes we love it so sama hayek yes i watched the movie also oh you did yeah i thought it was great i can't believe she didn't win the oscar for it really well i can't believe because it, it was 2002 and i wonder who won that year nicole kidman for the hours Yes. Okay, I don't even know what that movie was. I was looking at the poster and I was like, Nicole Kidman's not even on the poster. And she was. She's just like unrecognizable. Yeah, she had like very intense prosthetics because she played that really depressed um, poet. Oh. Virginia. Oh, Virginia Woolf? Is Wait. that her? Oh, God. <laughs> you know what you're here for, guys? Right answers mostly. Um, no, what was the other one that was really depressed? Sylvia Plath? Or, uh, Sil- or Sylvia. Sil- oh, my God. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yes. The, the bell jar? It is Virginia Woolf. Oh, oh yeah. Virginia Woolf. I, I don't know anything about her. Yeah, that movie is really, it's a lot. It's like oh. three different women in different time periods who are all super depressed. Wow. And how they like interweave in different dimensions. Is, is Meryl Streep in that? Meryl Streep. Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, and Ed Harris. Wow, what a great cast. Also, Ed Harris, I could feel. I, we know that's one of them for you. Ed mm-hmm. Harris, um, Woody Harrelson, always, Christopher Walken. Always. I feel you on the Woody Harrelson. What about the Ed Harris? No. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> hey, we're not here to discuss. But it was a great movie. Um, and I feel like they got a lot of stuff pretty factually accurate. I always think it's good, you know, like watching movies, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I also feel like it helps you understand their essence more. Right. Because they have to do the research and like get their essence right yeah. to a certain extent. Did you watch it when you were finished with your research or in the middle of research? During. During. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's a process. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was all broken up. But yeah, I'm really glad that I did her and... I'm so excited. I like really couldn't tell you anything. I had I knew nothing about her. So shall we just begin? Yes. Oh, let's God. do it. I'm nervous. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to shout out um, to my friend Jeanette, who I met. She's a costume designer and she is incredible. And she is like she knows everything about Frida. So I called her last night and just picked her brain about everything and it made me love Frida even more through Jeanette. And Jeanette truly said she was like, Frida saved my life. And she is a very powerful woman in that way. Oh, so, my God. That's amazing. Jeanette, this episode is for you. Oh, I love that. So I guess um, let's just a little bit about Frida. Um, she's an artist, obviously. As we know, her greatest muse was arguably herself. Throughout her lifetime, painting a huge number of self-portraits, um, depicting deeply painful personal experiences in raw detail. From miscarriages and abortions to a painful back injury which plagued her, the viewer is given a glimpse into the darkest depths of Kahlo's world. I have chills already. It's it. So I will give a little heads up. This episode will get very intense um, into stuff dealing with the body, with the women's body. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, you know, it's her journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hey, up, you know, baby. it's good to make it more. Um, what's the word? Like, talk about it. Yeah, exactly. De-stigmatize it. De-stigmatize. There it is. There it is. Beautiful. Um, A little quote um, from Frida to begin. 
I used to think I was the strangest person in the world, but then I thought there are so many people in the world, there must be someone just like me who feels bizarre and flawed in the same ways I do. I would imagine her and imagine that she must be out there thinking of me too. Well, I hope that if you are out there and read this and know that, yes, it's true, I'm here and I'm just as strange as you. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. Powerful of like the outside existence of yourself, you know? Yeah. When you're like, if only I could see how like, I'm okay. And I feel like everyone has that experience where you're almost thinking like, is there someone like me out here thinking of this at the same time too? A hundred percent. You know? Damn. So, um, Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Calderon. Gorgeous. <laughs> wow. Was, what a name. What a name. Was born on July 6, 1907 in Cayocan. I'm so sorry. I will try to get these Spanish words correct. You know, Americans are a bunch of big dummies and we don't grow up learning multiple languages like a lot of other people. It's shameful. And, and I wish it weren't the case. But July 6th. Cancer? Cancer. And boy, was she a cancer, honey. Artistic. Artistic. She feels all the feels. Uh, Yeah, the emotions are there. Those water signs. Mm -hmm. Um, As an adult, Frida lied about her birth year, not to seem younger, but to coincide with the beginning of the Mexican Revolution. She was born in 1907, but she told people she was born in 1910, the start of the Mexican Revolution. She was basically like, I began when Mexico began. What? That is commitment. <laughs> that is like, she, I love that. Like, I feel like Frida will just kind of make her own reality sometimes. And I love that about her. I, I can mean, imagine someone being like, no, it's not. And she's like, doesn't matter. I'm saying it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how can you argue with that? We should start doing that. I'm going to say I was born in 1990. I'm going to say I was born in 2000 and really give people a shock. Do it. <laughs> start it today. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, okay, just a quick rundown of the Mexican Revolution because I feel like so much of Frida is her politics. Mm. And I had no idea about it. So the Mexican Revolution, instead of, you know, with the American Revolution, it was that we were gaining independence from a different country. But the Mexican Revolution was more like a civil war. Mm. And it goes way back. So it starts with, like, colonization. So way before the Spanish colonized the Mex- uh colonized Mexico, there was a monarchy by the Aztecs. And also, Jeanette, thank you, she literally walked me through all this. Yeah. Um, it And the monarchy ran in a way that was communal. It was all about trade. And it wasn't perfect, but it worked really well. Got it. And then, you know, colonization happens, and there's a bunch of assholes that come in, and they're like, if you don't believe in Jesus... <sighs> You're enslaved or you're killed. Right. And this is the way it's going to go now. Mm -hmm. So cut to 1910. There is like great economic disparity in Mexico. Yeah. And um, it was like who's taking over the land and who lived on the land and was conquered. And the president, who was this man, um, his last name was Diaz, and he favored the wealthy landowners and the industrialist. And it was very much a capitalist ideology, mm-hmm. which really only benefits the people at the top, if yep. you haven't heard. Right. And so then there's like this idealistic liberal guy, um, Madero, who emerges and he's like, I'm actually going to run for president. And Diaz arrested him and then declared himself the winner and was like, no, actually, you're not going to. <laughs> you can just do that? Apparently, in this like society that they were. Right. So everyone's like, um, that was actually really not chill. So everyone then goes against him. Yep. And then, you know, it was like a rebellion. Yeah. And a re- well, not a rebellion. It was a revolution. A revolution. I mean, both, yeah, you could ex- say. Exactly. Um, and Madero's, uh, reg- it's regime? 
re- regime. Regimen is like your skin. Yes. <laughs> That's like always got to just like tell yourself so those little tricks. We weren't talking about Madero's skin regimen, but his regime faltered yes. from the start. He proved to be a somewhat ineffectual chief executive and disappointment and disappointed most of his followers by failing to recognize the need for economic changes. Nevertheless, he was a sincere believer in constitutional government and labor, and peasant groups were now free to demand reforms. So he wasn't perfect, but he got the people talking. Okay, well, hey, any PR is good PR, as we learned on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) The same for politicians. It all goes back to TikTok. Oh, no, 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 so no. then, it, so it's great. So now we have people being like, "We want a revolution." Got it. Um, okay. So Frida's dad was a German photographer, and her mother was of Mexican, Spanish, and Native American descent. She had three sisters, and she also had two half sisters from her dad's previous marriage who lived in a convent. Wow, God, so many, so many women, so, so many, many daughters. She said that she grew up; her life was just like surrounded by women. I mean, truly, like five sisters. Yeah, damn. Yeah, um, damn. I don't know why the other two sisters were in a convent, though. But that's I just tough. wanted to find a different, different life. I don't even know if that was their choice. I think that they were like brainwashed or forced forced to go to a convent. Great, tough. Yeah. Um, so Frida later described the atmosphere in her childhood home. It's often very, very sad. Both parents were often sick, and their marriage was devoid of love. Um, and yeah, Frida once remarked that she grew up in a world surrounded by females, which no which kidding. we love. We love love we, that. We love a little matriarch. So when she was six years old, she contracted polio. Oh my god! Remember back in the day when everyone and their dog was getting polio? Polio is like the scarlet fever of the time. Of, yes, like the the plague. So scary. It was like a death sentence, wasn't it? It was really bad. Wasn't polio what initiated, like, modern vaccines to right. be? I think so. That's what I always associate with. Or so measles, it maybe. It must be. Both? Both. <laughs> Find a girl who can do both. <laughs> so she contracts polio, which eventually made her right leg grow shorter and thinner than the left. And it also decreased circulation to her leg, which ca- caused her chronic pain for life. Oh, right. Okay, so polio's where, like, it's, like, muscle stuff it's where you can't, like... FDR had. Okay. Oh, so it's not, like, a death sentence, but it, like, fucks up your body. I think it can be a death sentence, though. Yeah. Unclear. Yeah. We don't have to worry about it anymore because we have a vaccine. That's right. Gorgeous thing. Gorgeous. So gorgeous she, science. she was forced to spend several months in bed, and it caused her to be isolated from her peers. She's at six years old. God, that is so sad when you just want to be, like, plain. She was later bullied by her classmates. They nicknamed her um, Frida the Gimp. Yeah. Kids are such assholes. God, Gimp is like an insult of the early 1900s. You know what I mean? Literally. And it's so rude. It's so fucked up. I know. So poor Frida. Um, Polio (laughs) is actually the reason she began wearing her signature long skirts to cover up her um, leg that, her right leg. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's kind of like... You took that and made it your own, though. It's like you made it your signature. Yeah, like now it's iconic. Yeah. It's sad that you feel like you have to you have to do that. Cover it up. Like, I mean, I would, too, as a kid. But, yeah. like, it just makes me sad. No, it's true. Um, so while the experience kind of made her introverted. In, I don't know why. Introverted. <laughs> introverted. Um, she became her dad's favorite, actually. Yeah. Um, during this time, he taught her about literature and nature and philosophy. I'm just imagining he's like, finally, I have someone who just has to sit here and listen to yeah, me talk. Just like, sit down and shut up. <laughs> exactly. Um, when she was well enough, he encouraged her to play sports to regain her strength, like wrestling and boxing. Oh, damn. Even, yeah. <laughs> She'd like go right into it. He's like, no soccer, <laughs> no volleyball. He truly went straight into it. And these sports were deemed unsuitable 
suitable for girls at the time, obviously, which I kind of love that he was like, I don't care, do it. He's like, I've got no, not one male around. <laughs> Truly, he's like, my daughter who has the most physical issues, yeah. let's make her wrestle. Wrestle. And risk it all. But hey, <laughs> good for them. No kidding. Um so he also was an artist, um, but through photography, and she began mm-hmm. helping him retouch and develop and color um, photographs. Oh, that's be- oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, it was like their thing. It was their thing. Yeah, he was. She was definitely his favorite. So when she goes back to school. Her and nine of her classmates create this little group, and it's basically a group of rebellious kids who are like super liberal and they were against everything conservative. I mean, mm. they just they completely favored the revolution. They had stick it to the man neosis. Wow, they're like perks of being a wallflower. They are like you know they're in their leather jackets and berets with their cigarettes. Hundred percent. They're like you're a wallflower, <laughs> and we see you. They're going to Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> that was Frida. Yep, she falls in love with this guy. Alejandro Gomez Arias. Um, he was the leader of the group in her first love, and her parents did not like this. Oh. It was like the rebel bad boy. Mm-hmm. Classic. Tale as old as time. But on September 17th, 1925, Frida and her boyfriend, um, Alejandro, were on the way home from school, and they were on a wooden bus, which when I, I was like, what is a wooden bus? And it truly looks like what you would go on a hayride is like the way I would describe it. Okay. Like not safe. Oh, um, God. And their wooden bus collided with a metal streetcar. The I believe the streetcar T-boned the wooden bus. The bus basically snapped into a bunch of pe- pieces, and the streetcar like ran over all <gasps> of the people. Oh, yep. Several passengers were killed. Um, her suff- or her boyfriend suffered minor injuries. Okay, this is about to get graphic, so buckle up, Frida was impaled with an iron handrail that went through her pelvis. No. Yes. No. And like out here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She later described the injury as the way a sword pierces a bull. The handrail was removed by her boyfriend and others. She was laying there and they all pulled it out of her there. It's like the episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god! Where the woman is impaled from the train, like that was an episode that like shook the nation. Shook the nation, and they would like couldn't touch it because if they removed it, and then they had like sacrifice, and she had to die for someone else. Yes. Yes. Oh my god! Oh, it's two people. Yeah. Oh my god! You're right. Yes, they both were connected. So then the guy is like, I totally forgot about this. You should just like you have a better chance. Oh my god! Horrible. So this is like Frida and her boyfriend, Shonda Rhimes. Why would you do us like that? Truly. So the the witnesses say that she screamed so loud that they couldn't hear the ambulance it makes me sick i can't imagine already her body has been through so much she had polio and now this how how can someone survive that if it goes through your i don't know how like she's and she was conscious during all of this it's not even like she passed out from the pain there wasn't even like vicodin around at this point no so she suffered her pelvic bone had been fractured her abdomen and uterus had been punctured by the rail her spine was broken in three places her right leg was broken in 11 places her right foot was crushed and dislocated her collarbone was broken and her shoulder was dislocated she was just smashed i mean that's shocking that she survived like truly truly shocking she survives at 18 god just when she's like getting over when she's starting to like really start her life when she's starting to wrestle (laughs) it's crazy that is so disturbing she spent a month in the hospital and then she spends two months recovering at home um as treatment she had to wear a plaster corset which confined her to bed for the rest of the better part of three months um 
Yeah, so she's on bed rest for three months. And she, at this time, she wanted to become a physician, uh, but there was no way that she was going to be able to do that now. Her body had just been through too much trauma. And this is the start of major chronic pain and illness that lasts for the rest of her life. I mean, no fucking kidding. Can you imagine? Also, was there like physical therapy back then? And once you were like, okay, were they kind of like, and go? You know? I imagine that it was probably mostly and go. Yeah, like we don't have time to heal you. Yeah, it's ex- as good as it's going to get. Exactly. Robin's a physical therapist, so I would love to know. Oh, I'll yeah, have like to ask her when, when it started. started. Um, but also, I'm just thinking. Okay, so she's bedridden for like over three months. Came out. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have TV. They didn't have like. What do you do? What, I mean, I guess you what read. Do you do well? What she did, mm. she's taught herself to paint. This is when she begins to paint. That's nice that like the hospital brought that in for her. Yeah, when she went home, actually. Um, so oh, she okay. painted to occupy her time. Um, her self portraits became a dominant part of the life of um, of her life. Frida Kahlo once said, "I paint myself because I'm often alone and I am the subject I know best." Her mom um, put a mirror above her bed so she could see herself and paint, and, and she had a special easel made that she could be propped up because she's like in a full body cast. And then her dad bought her like special brushes and oils. That is so nice. I just well, can't thank God imagine. she found something she loved during this time. Yeah, like I just I would get so frustrated. I'm so bad at doodling. Like thank God she had the gift. I mean, literally. And did she like? No, that's this dumb question. What did she like? Start the female like self portrait because like Van Gogh. I actually don't. I don't know anything about I art think history. She is. I don't know anything about art history too. I I when I think of self portraits. I think of Frida. Right? We'll give it to her. I mean, let's, let's we'll she gave it, it to herself. Yeah. I mean, truly. <laughs> this is a history podcast, not an art history yeah, podcast. And yeah. She finally gets off of bed rest by late 1927, and she gets back out there and she starts socializing with people her age again. Oh, that's good. Yeah, her boyfriend moved to Europe at, like while she was on this bed rest, which and was, broke up like mm-hmm, really tough. Mm. Um, she uh, she said that her friends learned everything gradually, not knowledge of self, knowledge of the world. She said, my friends became old slowly and I did it all at once as if I learned all about life in a mere um, in mere seconds, which, yeah, when you uh, go through that much trauma. Um, she, but then she joins the Communist Party, the Mexican Communist Party, oh. and she was introduced. <laughs> she really just like doesn't skip a beat. She does not skip a beat. And wow, we love that about Frida. Frida. Um, she was introduced to a circle of political activists, and she really came into the idea that capitalism brings more disparity than more wealth for most people, which is true. Well, good for her. It's just like- And this you, is in like the 20s? 1920s? This is in the 20s. And I asked um, Jeanette, I was like, she identifies as a capitalist, but I feel like her ideology is so much more socialism, mm. which capitalism is like- Everyone has a piece of land. Everyone has the same, but it begin, but, but it belongs to the government. Where, where socialism, people can still own stuff, but the wealth disparity isn't as great. Interesting. Um, but I don't really, I still don't quite understand why capitalism over socialism. No, you can't ask me. Yeah, you guys didn't come here to get You sure didn't. You can look that. it up right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call a friend. Phone a friend. Please. Um and when I first like kind of heard skimming about Frida, I was like, oh, she was just a depressed person all the time. But she really wasn't. She had an amazing sense of humor. Um, she was known for her passion for fun. Um, she always loved hanging around with her friends. And they were all Mexican left. Got it. Um, so she hit it off with this woman, Tina Modotti, who was an actress. Not hit it off in that way. Okay. I was like, oh. 
Oh, but we'll get there. Okay. I mean, I, I assumed. <laughs> I have my um, thoughts. Exactly. She hit it off with Tina Modetti, who was an actress for, I'm sorry if I'm not saying her last name correctly, actress, photographer, model, and political activist. Find a girl who can do it all. I mean, literally, model and political activist. Love, love it. Hot. We love it. Um, at one of Tina's parties in 1928, Frida was introduced to Diego Rivera. Now, Diego and Frida's love story is int- is infamous. I, and you guys will correct me if I'm wrong. I just kind of like from seeing them in the end, they're kind of like the Beyonce and Jay-Z of the art world. Like they both become the top of their game. Interesting. So he is a major artist at the time. Is he like wealthy? He's wealthy. Mm. Correct. Frida, well, we'll just preface it by saying this. Frida has said, quote, I've suffered two serious accidents in my life. Oh God. One in which a streetcar ran over me. The other accident is Diego. <laughs> Damn. 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 I love that, though. I bet a lot of people would say that about John Mayer. Uh, there it is, Claire. <laughs> Diego is the John Mayer of his generation. He was, though. <gasps> he was. Um, less attractive than John Mayer. Oh. I will say that. Oh. He was 20 years older than her, or 21 years older than her. That is... It's quite an age difference. And she was in her 20s when they met? She was, well, they had actually briefly met in 1922 when he was painting a mural at her school. Frida was just 15 years old and he was 36, so. This (laughs) is, I was just telling Alice that um, Camila Marone met Leo when she was 10 because he was friends with Al Pacino, who was her stepdad. Yes. So they'd like hang out at Christmas parties. Mm -mm. She's too young for you. Same thing goes if you see a 15-year-old at a school painting something, don't look at her and be like, that'll be my wife one day. Yeah. Well, okay. He didn't say that. <laughs> Thank but God. She, but I think there was like definitely flirting. So she was painting, he was painting a really big mural in her school. And he said um, in his um, memoir, all of a sudden the door flew open and a girl who seemed to be no more than 10 or 12 oh, no. was propelled inside. Um, she had, he continued, unusual dignity and self-assurance, and there was a strange fire in her eyes. Gross. She was actually like 15 or 16, but he thought she was um, 10, so. Great. <laughs> she would, like, play pranks on him. She stole his lunch, and um, I think she stole the steps that he needed to use to get onto, like, the scaffolding where she she was he was working. Um, but when she was um, in school, she told a friend, I'm going to marry that guy one what? day. What? <laughs> The fu- are we being like punked? Guys, I was also like posted a TikTok talking about Dolly and her husband, and people were like coming. They people were really coming for-, for me. Some did. Some did. They were just like, well, it they felt to me. protective of like their relationship. They did. Which we were saying that's like sweet, but it's crazy how much it happened. Oh my God. Every single person, I'm like, that's so great for you. And also, I'm like, I don't believe you. But- exactly. There's a little bit of doubt. <laughs> but every subject we do, we like, so do people just put this in a goddamn memoir to sound. I do think, like, again, people were making this point on TikTok. It was such a different time. Someone was like, listen, back then you people weren't having sex as much or not openly before mm. they were married so it's like you get a feeling you're like i have to act on that feeling oh, so i'm gonna like marry the, them it's like the only way that i can hook up with that yeah, exactly and that makes sense to me that does make sense to me too but hey i mean most of the time they are right when they say that but again how many times have you thought that before right 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 so um they had met before at the school <laughs> And now they were meeting at this party again. And he is he was a um he was a major artist. He was a child prodigy. He got like paid to go all over the world and learn from artists. He became really good friends with artists like Picasso. Oh. And he was super involved with politics as well. And okay. left politics like Frida was. So oh, they damn. connected on that. 
Um, yep. And his his paintings um, attacked the ruling class and capitalism, elevating Mexico's native heritage and anti-colonial efforts instead. He was not an attractive man. <laughs> I'm like picturing him hot in my mind. Yeah, well, you would think. Because he got so many women. So many women. I'm picturing him looking like Diego Luna. Diego Luna. You know that actor? No. Is that his name? Diego Luna? Diego Luna is the actor, but he, I don't know. Yeah. What, we, I can't picture his face right now. Who is just like a very beautiful man. Um, It's not that. Okay. He's um very frog-like features. He's oh. six foot and like 300 pounds. So he's a very large man as well. Frog-like. <laughs> For lack of a better term, um, I'm not bullying him. I'm no, just, just stating the facts. Yeah, and like stating the facts. It is just what it is. I mean, it didn't stop him from getting the ladies, nor does it really ever with men. So Jesus, yeah. Um, so upon meeting Frida, Diego was still married, divorced once, and had a mistress, and produced children with almost all of these former women. <laughs> so he was really just out there. Um, Frida, when she first met him, was like, listen, I'm not trying to flirt with you. I've heard about you. I'm not trying to do that. Oh? I would like you to look at my paintings because I want you to tell me if they're any good because I would like to pursue this. But if it's a waste of time, then I need to find another job to help out my family with money. Whoa. Yeah. She was so direct. I like it. Me too. And so he was like, okay, so he sees her paintings and he's like, um, yeah, you're, you're good. Mm. And you could do this for a career. And she's like... Stop flirting with me. Am I good? And yeah, he's like, yeah. no, I am. And you are hot, but these yeah, are he's good. Like, but else <laughs> yeah, exactly. This starts a romantic relationship between oh. them. Well, that's nice that he didn't like make her feel bad about being like a newer artist. Like, no. do you think he supported her craft? I do definitely think he supported her craft. Like, they had a very tumultuous relationship. I think they had a very deep love for each other. He was very complicated, and she was very complicated as well. But I do yeah. think that he supported her art. Yeah. And her ideology and everything. Well, so, hey. hey, at least there's that. Yeah. Um, they married, uh, well, she's 21, he's 42. Her parents are not happy about this. She's not happy. Um, they did get married the next year. Frida's mom said it was like an elephant marrying a dove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because of their size. You just don't have to say everything you think. Yeah, you really That's don't. That's just a lesson in, you know, just some kindness. In life. But um, Frida's dad was like, I don't like him, but he is wealthy and he can take care of our daughter. And she had so many medical issues and stuff. So he, he was yeah. like, I know that she'll be in safe hands in that way because of this man. Right. So he was like, all right. He's like, just do it. And literally. Um it, but before they got married, Diego tells Frida, he's like, listen, I don't really do that monogamy thing. Like, I'll be loyal mm. to you, but I won't be faithful to you. Was she, like, same? Was she down? I think she was so young. Yeah, God, you don't even fucking know what you want. That's the thing. It's not even, like, fair. And listen, they ended up really spending their lives together. But it's just not. <sighs> it's an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Imbalance of, life ex- of power. Like, that's truly what these, like, younger, the younger women and older man trope is just, like, they haven't had life experiences to know to make these decisions. It is grooming. It is. It 100% is. There's just no other way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so the couple married on August 21st, 1929. Oh. Um, Leo they, season? Leo season. Fiery. Mm. They spent almost a year in um, Cuernavaca while uh, Riviera executed um, murals commissioned by the American ambassador to Mexico. Um, at this time, Frida really just plays the role of wife. Um, she makes him lunch every day. Um, she would like bathe him like she did everything for him um years later she would paint a naked a naked diego resting on her lap as if he were a baby i could see that for them <laughs> like that makes so and he did sound like a big baby 
Why is she bathing him, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've never got, like, the bathing thing. I was watching Sex in the City um, yesterday, and it's the episode where Miranda and Steve go off on their honeymoon, and he's like, can I shampoo your hair? Yes. It'd be really sexy. Yes. And I'm not going to yuck anyone's yums, but I don't get it. Her, like, short, like, really bad <laughs> red hair. And she's just, like, looking so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. Everyone has their thing. Yeah, that's true. Not for me. Not for me either, but good for you guys. At least you get, you know, nice and clean. Too. That, that's true. <laughs> um, and it's around this time that Frida resigns from the Mex- Mexican Communist Party in support of her husband, who was recently kicked out uh, because oh. basically he was painting for really rich people. And the Communist Party is like, you're going against our beliefs. And wow. he's like, I'm not going to start painting because you guys don't like it. And they're like, well, you're out. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Tyra Banks. They uh, literally, yeah, you are not America or Mexico's next top communist. Wow. And so she was like, <laughs> I am loyal to my man. And she also left. So then did she lose her friends? That's a great question. I never, I didn't find that. But like, probably, right? Probably. She got messed up. Sure, it was like pretty black and white. Like yeah. they were like, you're in or you're out. Or you're out. 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 Heidi Klum, out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at this time that she starts adopt- or adapting her clothing style that she's known for. And she's wearing traditional clothing um, as a, her way to show her Mexican pride. Um, she wore embroidered tops and colorful floor-length skirts. She especially f- uh, favored the dress of women from the matriarchal, matriarch, matriarchal, right? Matriarchal? Matriarch. Matriarchal. Mm-hmm. From the Matriarch Society <laughs> yes. of um, Tehuantepec, um, which is, yeah, um, indigenous tribe and Mexican um, cultural heritage. So, uh, wow, <laughs> where am I? Okay, so it, it allowed her to express her feminist and anti-colonist mm. ideals. Um, and she was really proud of that. Yeah. And as we know, Frida Kahlo has a unibrow mm. and it is part of her personal and artistic style. She also had a mustache and it was a statement on male and female beauty standards. Wow. And she heightened her unibrow and her mustaches in her self portraits. Damn, that's so cool. I feel like it takes such a great deal of bravery yep. and self love to go against the beauty standards literally you're sacrificing like everything for your art and in this, and to make a point yes and i love like connecting all of these women together and to me it like reminds me of dolly in the complete opposite way of how she like frida like really accentuated the masculine and the feminine side but dolly really accentuated the feminine side right. and they were both against the social norms and they're both like i'm good with who i am yes and they don't let that like depict anything and you can be both of Two things. You can be a thousand things. That's right. And I just love that. Uh, Especially in the 30s. I mean, literally. Or in the like, 20s. Just imagine the constant bullying. No kidding. Well, Diego loved it, too. He was oh. like, you're a little rebel, and I like it. Oh, okay. He, he liked, liked your mustache. The, he yeah. did. He liked the spice. He loved the hair. I mean, if unibrows are trending in, like, five years, we would probably all have a unibrow. Like, think about it truly. You know totally, what I mean? Totally. I wonder. I feel like I've waxed so much that it's, like. Yeah, it, maybe not. Five, maybe that's gone deeply now. embedded. We're early 2000s. <laughs> like, hairless. You yeah. monsters. But maybe in like a hundred years. Who knows? I mean, they trends were, are wild. They were in in the seventies with the men. I feel. Oh, that is true. Uh-huh. I love when um, babies dress up as Frida. Oh, me too. It's so cute <laughs> with the little unibrow. That's so cute. It's amazing. Um, okay, so in nineteen thirty, Frida, Frida and Diego pack their bags and they head to America. Oh, 
specifically San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. So they started in San Francisco. Diego worked on murals for the San Francisco Stock Exchange. That's right. Mm -hmm. And Frida further developed her folk art style. Um, She painted one of her most famous paintings titled Frida and Diego uh, Rivera, which was in 1931. She painted that. And it's a double portrait based on their wedding photograph. Mm. But she's like, at this time, she really has not come into her own as the art world. She's like, presenting to people as like the great artist's wife but she's not an artist herself she does she hasn't realized that yet yeah but she did participate for the first time in an art expedition with her wedding painting and mm. um, when they're done with san fran they go to new york city in 1931 and in 1932 they headed to detroit where uh diego had been commissioned to paint murals for the detroit institute of arts oh wow mm-hmm. and by this time you know it's been like a few months or maybe even longer uh they oh it's been like a year or two. Yeah. Uh, Frida's really becoming more bold in herself and her art and her interactions with the press. Love. Um, stating on her arrival to the city that she was, quote, of course, uh, Diego does well for a little boy, but it is I who am the big artist. <laughs> wow, bold. He's like, that's so hurtful. <laughs> I was like, I, she. Hey, she's trying to like, she's trying to make a point. Right. So a lot's like changing within this time. And yep. again, like, what is this? The 30s? Like, First wave feminism is the only thing that's been happening. God, it's so true. By this time, we know, okay, Diego's been having affairs left and right. right. He just is. And so... Frida, she knows it. Yeah, she knows She knows it. And Frida at the time is kind of like, fuck it. Well, I'm going to have affairs with men. Good. And women. Good. You know who she had an affair with in New York? As, as an actress? It's Well, she had a lot of affairs with actresses. But this one is an artist. Artiste. No, no I don't know. Georgia O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? I love that it's like that's juicy. women moguls. Like literally. And Jojo O'Keefe was 44 and Frida was 24. She liked an older per- older person. She really did. Holy shit. I know. It must I, have been like a passionate love affair. So passionate. I mean, have you seen Jojo O'Keefe's? No. no? The vagina um, paintings oh, that yes, she does. Yeah. Oh, yes. I yeah. mean, we love those. We do. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. We need trip to Santa Fe. Yeah, we do. Oh, my God. So she has an affair with Jojo O'Keefe in New York. Good um, for her. But Frida wasn't really vibing with America. She really hated the capitalist society of America. She would be, she said, I find that Americans completely lack sensibility and good taste. (laughs) Quote, they are boring and they all have faces like unbaked rolls. <laughs> oh my god, what a queen. I mean also queen. like coming to America in nineteen thirty as a non white person, like get me out of I mean Also America th- in thirty was in the thirties was bad for everyone. I, I mean everyone. It was tough. And she would be like I, I this makes more sense now because she would say she would dine with people like Henry Ford who were so rich. And then she was like, and then I go outside and people are literally starving. It doesn't make any sense. She's like, this place is disgusting. Yeah, she did. She she hated it. She felt um, a bit of rage. She actually said, although I'm very interested in all the industrial and mechanical developments of the United States, I feel a bit of rage against all the rich guys here since I've seen thousands of people in the most terrible misery without anything to eat and with no place to sleep. That is what has impressed me most here. It is terrifying to see the rich having parties day and night while thousands and thousands of people are dying of hunger. God, it's like things stay the same, huh? No kidding. But the Americans loved her. They were like, you're sassy, you're funny. They're like, it's a cute little mustache you have going. Yeah, you drink a lot. But yeah, yeah, I bet they did love her. So she was like, I'll charm you and then I'll go write about you. She's like, trash, trash, not for me. Truly. Her time in Detroit was hard for her for more personal reasons as well. She got pregnant again. Um, Frida had been pregnant in the past, uh, 
their first year of marriage, I think, but she chose to get an abortion due to her bus accident. Her womb was severely damaged and it wouldn't be safe for her to carry out a pregnancy. Right. So, um, she definitely wanted kids though. She wanted them desperately. Um, but on this pregnancy, she knew again, like it's not going to be safe for me to have it. Um, a local Detroit specialist gives her, um, medication and castor oil for an abortion. Yeah, um, but all of that failed. And so then the doctor was like, well, I think I think we can try and you can have this pregnancy and then we'll do a cesarean. Um, oh my God. Surgery, uh, a C-section. Um, so she, she was, okay. Unfortunately, that didn't come true. On July 4th, she endured a horrible life-threatening miscarriage, which caused a serious hemorrhage that required her being hospitalized for two weeks. Oh, my God. Her body has endured so much trauma already. Literally. And also, like, this. Uh, I mean, that's like a whole other episode. But, like, if anyone's listening to this that doesn't support abortion, like, this happens constantly with women that they are, like, in life-threatening positions and bleeding out and, it's and suffering um, more than you'll ever know. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because I want to be like, and there's also women who just like don't oh, want to be a oh, mother. Oh, 100%. But that's the only way you can but start conversation with people. literally the only like, yeah, way that people who don't see it would maybe be like, well, only for that. Exactly. And she so desperately wants to be a mother. It's so... It is just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, so she starts this painting called Frida... Um, Frida and the cesarean operation, but she couldn't finish the painting due to physical and psychological pain from the miscarriage. The painting depicted what would have happened if the baby is delivered by cesarean. She had the baby delivered and put it next to her. The painting is an expression of hope and fear. I'm, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, the hopes are shattered. And in another painting she started five days later, she added more realistic and um, surrealistic components in her painting style. And the painting titled Henry Ford Hospital, which she painted in 1932, and it's a very famous painting of hers, Frida Kahlo lied on a hospital bed naked and was surrounded with a few things floating around, which included a fetus, a flower, a pelvis, a snail, all connected by veins. That is like, that makes me so emotional. The fact that she was painting this in 1932, I mean, it is very, it, it's a graphic photo, but like, yeah. that's art. And it's a very truthful photo. So true. It's like, that was her experience. It's a vulnerable experience. Yeah. A lot of people would be like, that's gross. That's like grotesque. Imagine being a woman who experienced something like that and literally no one is talking about it. And then you see that painting. Yes. And you're like, thank God, because I've been thinking it. Yeah, exactly. And Ugh. it's just so brave of her to do that. It, that's just so sad that she like put the, what it would have been like if her uh, baby was next to her. Like that literally makes me want to say I have the chills. Same. Ooh. So, you know, Detroit was obviously hard for her, and she's making some of the most famous paintings of her life at this time, but none of them were featured in exposi- exposition in Detroit. She gives an interview to the Detroit News on her art, and the article was condescending- condescendingly titled, oh. oh, can you guys hear that crow? Oh, it's Frida. <laughs> she's like, keep going. She's like, tell my like story, girl. Um, it. It was condescendingly titled, quote, Wife of the Master Mural Painter Gleefully Dabbles in Works of Art. Gross, trash. Trash, trash, not for us. Of course. Dabbles. Dabbles. What an offensive Gleefully, word. Gleefully, and just like, you're not even saying her name, you're just like the wife of a painter. They're like, it's like cute that she sometimes like likes to 
Well, she showed them. Oh, I bet she did. I'm like, show them, Frida. Show them. Show them right now. This also breaks my heart. In her art, she uses, and I didn't realize this until I talked to Jeanette and then did more research, but in her art, she uses a lot of animals and birds. Frida Kahlo's um, had many pets, including macaws, uh, parakeets, parrots, uh, lots of birds, cats, monkeys. Heidi Flies? <laughs> Literally, I didn't even realize until now. Check out our Heidi Flies episode. She um, is passionate also about macaws. Also an artist of another kind. No kidding. You could say. I would say. Um, so she had um, all these animals, and the constant appearance of um, these animals in her paintings was not casual. She kept all of these pets because they symbolized children for her that she was never going to be able to have. God. Wow. It's like, who? No. Yeah. No. What? What a woman. Mm. So, less than three months later, her mother died from complications of surgery in Mexico. So, this is a very dark time. And she was still, she wasn't with her? She went, she was able to go back to Mexico and visit. And then her, I think her mother passed and then she went back to America. And to Diego, she was like, we got to go back home. Yeah. It's time. And Diego loved America, though. And he, <laughs> he's like, I'm having sex with a different woman every single night. On the dot, Tess. On the dot. And they were just like, you are this amazing painter. And he's like, America is like the future. And she was like, this place sucks. Uh, God, was he like a big drinker? I believe so. Yeah. She was a big drinker. Yeah. I mean, they probably got just like. It was the 30s. Be together. Like, yeah. Just to get through life. Exactly. So, but finally they moved back to Mexico City. They have this house built that were, that was actually two houses that was connected by a bridge. And one was Diego's house and one was Frida's house. Wait, isn't there like some celebrities that, some celebrity couple that modeled their like current oh. home off of that where a bridge connects it? I don't know. That's like reminding me of something. But I love that. Me too. She said like that house is Diego and this house is me and the bridge is our love that connects yeah. us. Oh, but wow. they're both separate. Hey, we love when, you know, there's not a codependent mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause it already seems pretty toxic. So glad that they're at least able to <laughs> yeah. be like, but oh, we like her a long time. She could be like her doing her own thing. Yeah. Um, Frida, bless her heart, starts having health issues again. She gets her appendix removed. Oh, she has Jesus. another abortion. And she has gangrene on her toes. Um, Wikipedia does not warn you when you hover over the word <laughs> that the image just pops up. And I will never get the image of gangrene toes out of my head. No, no one deserves that. No one deserves that. It's horrible. Damn terrifying. I'm pretty sure they got gangrene in the Donner Party. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a bacterial infection that's never cured right Ugh, yikes i think so i mean i don't know yeah I think it, like if you're like and it does turn your feet like black or your whatever body part has Ugh, it jesus christ and appendicitis that's no joke <sighs> no also especially back i just keep thinking back in the day how painful all of this shit must have been and it's just like trauma after trauma after trauma no kidding um her marriage to diego is at an all-time low he was not happy to be back in mexico and he blamed Frida for their return. Well, boohoo. Well, Tess. So he had had multiple affairs, right? But he took it too far when he slept oh. with her sister. <gasps> yep, with her little sister Christina in the convent. In <laughs> like which one was it? It was one of the. Uh, she had three, two or three other sisters that she was very close to. That why would her sister do it? That's a great question. Why would her sister do it? Like. I'm not even shocked by male behavior sometimes, but like literally, why would her in the movie and take it with a grain of salt? Frida later on is like, "Don't blame yourself. I should have never introduced you to him." Jesus, like he just he and he's always like, "Listen, I can't keep it in my pants." 
it was too much. Were they able to like have a relationship after that? Well, she immediately is distraught. And, and also he says, he's like, well, this is your fault because you made me move back to Mexico. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Trash, trash, trash. Lit, like Not the ultimate us. trash. Yep. So she is distraught. She cuts off her long hair, which apparently she, I mean, she was just so upset. And apparently Diego loved her long hair. So oh, sweetheart, she's like, we've Goodbye. all been there. <laughs> yeah, all the bangs, been there. The, the bangs, bangs after a breakup. Like, just cut it off because they liked it. Exactly. It's so she, it's so it's so tough. And then you're like, what have I done? But Yep, I've never felt worse. But hey, she needed a fresh start. So she cuts off her long hair and in a letter she wrote, I don't know who it was to, but she said, I have been murdered by life. These crows. <laughs> it's so it's adding to the audience. I really hope that you guys can hear them. They're so intense. I'm like they're like literally right outside. Um, I have been murdered by life. I mean, she has. She had a pole stuck between, like, oh. through her body. It's She's just, the list goes on. I was like, lo- oh my god, she's lost everything. Everything. So she writes that, or she creates this painting that's titled "A Few Sm- Small Nips" in 1930. 1930- Sorry, <laughs> that's not what you think. Oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, classic, classic Frida. <laughs> A few small nips, and it was in 1935 to illustrate her feelings towards her husband's affair with her sister Christina. Uh, her painting um, depicts a gravely injured woman lying on a blood-stained sheets, overlooked by a looming male figure. Basically, it's death by a thousand cuts. Uh, Say uh, goodbyes, uh, death uh, by a thousand cuts. <laughs> I feel like I sang that kind of jazzy too. I mean, maybe you should do a jazz version. Put a post on TikTok. Of all, of all, I'm just asking for people to come for me at that point. Um, so she's obviously distraught. She moves into an apartment and consider she considers divorcing him. Well, doesn't even divorce. Him. I wouldn't even want to live at home if my sister did that. I'd be like, let me go back to America. Well, you know what sucks is that she moves out of the house, not them. Yeah. Well, she but she um, starts having an affair with an American artist, Izumu Noguchi. Mm. So good, get yours, Frida. Get yours. And but she eventually moves back in and reconciles with both of them. What did? They, how did they say? What did her sister say? Is there anything on like what she was? She just like I was taken. I I'm sure and like manipulated. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. And and Frida is um to Christina's kids is um like a very devoted aunt since she never had her children and really takes on that role too. Like there, I mean, we've heard so many stories on our on our episodes. I'm like, I can't even begin to understand it. No, or like how you get by after it. I after it, cannot or even thrive after. Well, she compensates by like really heavily drinking, and she becomes very dependent on a lot of drugs. Oh, like coke. I don't actually know. Um, I didn't look further than like, that. What was but, the drug in in the 30s in, in Mexico City? <laughs> what wasn't the drug? That is true. <laughs> um, in the 30s. So who knows? Um, and yeah, so Christina and Frida and Diego and Christina's two children all just live together. <laughs> I can't. Modern family. Ew. Yeah. So Diego and um, Frida stay together and they continue to have, have affairs. And Diego didn't care if Frida had affairs with women, but he cared if he, she had affairs with oh, men. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It, like, it's so classic. Like, tr- like, he's like, because it's hot if I can visualize you the woman. Yeah, exactly. But it's inappropriate. It's, it's not man. real if it's like with a woman. Well, she apparently did like favor her male lovers more than her female. Like I think her female was just like a physical satisfaction mm, almost. Maybe. That she was more like in love with the men. I think so. 
she she slept with a ton of movie stars: um, Dolores Del Rio, Paulette Goddard, and Maria uh, Maria Mariah Felix. Like, oh damn, girl! The movie stars loved her. Wow, good for her. Good for her. Um, so, but it, like I said, it wasn't okay for the men. Then there was one man in particular. His name was Leon Trotsky. Oh. He was a really famous communist, and he was super tight. <laughs> he was super tight with Stalin, and then they had a falling out. And so he was, like, seeking asylum places. And so Diego and Frida were, like, convinced the Mexican leaders to let them him seek asylum in Mexico. They're like, we both want to sleep with him. <laughs> we're both attracted to him. Strangely. He's hot as hell. So they're they, like, let him in. Let him in. They do. And then he goes <laughs> and stays. Him and his wife go and stay with Frida and Diego. Crazy. Crazy. Um, Frida and him become really good friends. Oh. Really good friends. Yeah, but they do. And then they start having she an affair. She likes a strong communist energy. <laughs> That's like what would be on her Bumble profile. Looking for a strong, strong communist energy. That's God. God. Yeah. And G- uh, Diego was jealous, honey. And yeah. Frida was like, well, you can get over it. Yeah, you can go back to Christina. Yeah. That's what you want. My sister, exactly. might I remind you. Exactly. So she, at this time, is kind of finding her footing again. She's like, I'm going to go back to who I am, find who I am as an artist, and get out of Diego's shadow. Good. She starts... Dump him. Dump him. Britney Spears, dump Dump him. him. She um, starts uh, selling some paintings. She sold four of her paintings to to an actor for $200 a piece, which today, Uh, uh, calculator, will be a little over $4,000. Good for her. Great for her. I mean, that's like... I, once again, not an art historian, but I feel like once you start getting in like the thousands for a painting, that's like you're, you've. I can't imagine. Good job. Well, and it it's just also crazy because in 2000, in the year 2000, oh. a 1929 self portrait of hers sold for more than 5 million. So. Damn. And that 5 million would be even more now. Oh, yeah. Like who, where are her paintings i think i saw that they can only be sold in mexico now oh so they're not in any museum are they in any museums i don't know i should have looked that up is are some in santa fe is there like a maybe i mean I, yeah we'll look very it up. georgia o'keefe vibes uh, yeah yeah maybe i'm thinking of something else but <laughs> i like, don't know where the hell do you see them we'll look it up but she um you know she has a show in new york and she sells half of her pieces there so she's thriving and then she goes to paris and she gets photographed for the cover of um, French Vogue. Damn. The, the picture is stunning. Oh, my God. She's, like, in her traditional clothes. <gasps> it, it's just gorgeous. Is it black and white or is it in color? It's in color. Oh, my God. It's amazing. So she's like, you can sleep with my sister and I'll go be on the cover of Vogue. And she also has an affair with Josephine Baker, who was that performer who was like secretly a spy. Yes, that beautiful black woman. Yes. Crazy. Wow. She gets every... Like, what was her list? How many people has she slept with? <laughs> no kidding. And she was like, I'm going to get the most talented, the most beautiful people. And just like shove it in fucking Diego's face. That's right. So um, she she didn't love the French. She was like, they are so uninteresting and they don't care about anything important. God, the woman just really wanted to be in Mexico and like, that's fine. And that, that was her home. That yeah. was her love. But everywhere she went, she hated them, but they loved her. That's actually amazing. They were like, you're so cool. She's like, that's cute. Yeah, literally. <laughs> she goes back home and Diego asks for a divorce. The nerve. To be with Christina. To just be with other people. He was like, we're so much better as friends. 
and our friendship is not um, is suffering because we're married. I mean, thank God that they're not together anymore. But it's tough that she hurt for the ego. I'm like, you're gonna <laughs> ask me like for in, a divorce? In, I mean, truly, Ugh, <sighs> the rage I would feel. God. Um, so they were granted a divorce in November 1939, but they remained friendly. She continued to manage his fi- finances and correspondence. No. Ladies, no. No. If you get dumped and then someone is literally like, but do you mind doing some checks and balances? <laughs> like, absolutely not. You block them and block never speak them. to them again. It's crazy. I think that she she always loved him so much, though. She's she's still like, well, I want to like be in your life somehow. And that's very, like professional and i think she was always like diego's always told me who he was from the beginning and i still married him and i still love him and it's like oh but honey i know i mean it's not her fault for feeling that way no no you know she was so young when she met i mean she's 30 now 30 jesus she's lived so much life jesus um and she's like well whatever i can do this i can make a living on my own i'm gonna make my own art yep and she goes to town on painting she painted several of her most famous pieces during this period such as the two fridas which this portrait shows Frida's two different personalities. Mm. One is a traditional Frida and a Tehuna. I'm so sorry. Um, T-E-H-U-A-N-A. This is um, the indigenous tribe that is the matriarch. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so she's in the Tehuna costume with a broken heart sitting next to an independent, modern-dressed Frida. Later, she admitted wow. it expressed her desperation and loneliness with the separation from Diego. Wow. God's like, what? What vulnerable pieces? Like, it's everything that people would be like, women, shut up. Don't talk about this. Don't share this part of your life. And she's just like, I'm going to make it as emotional as I can. Because that's how I feel. So deep. Yeah. And in such an intense way. And she truly, like, it wears her heart on her sleeve. My God. What an, an amazing, just display of your emotions literally what a gift to people to women yes exactly well remember trotsky oh yeah the communist yeah um (laughs) he was he was assassinated with an ice pick at this time um that is a tough way to go horrible frida is arrested because she was suspected for being involved <gasps> uh, well i mean he wasn't he staying at her house but i don't think at the oh, time involved anymore. in the murder yeah oh but i think I, th- I think I saw something that she knew the murderer personally. And so everyone's like, bada bing, bada boom. We bada have bang. our person. Well, that would make sense. It, but it wasn't But she her. didn't know anything no, about it. No, 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 no. She was not involved at all. Um, but she's put in jail. Um, they finally clear her, but her health is so bad at this time. Oh, no. Yeah. So she has to go to San Francisco where her like really good doctor is. And who happens to be there? Diego. Diego. And what's Diego got to say? I want you back. Let's get married again. Honey, this is so, guys. <laughs> classic. Classic. Like, let's not be so predictable. I know. Well, they do. Uh, they get married again. This is like, um, who's this remind me of that we've talked about? No, not Jim and Tammy Faye, because they stay together the whole time, right? Oh, my God. Talk about toxic men. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen this. Tales all this time. Truly. Um, so they, they get married again. They move back to the blue house, house Casa Azul, which is her childhood home. Mm. And um, it, her health made it to where she was pretty much confined to her home. But um, she enjoyed taking care of the house and its garden. Um, she was uh, she kept uh, she was kept company by her friends. Like she always had her friends around her. 
Um, and various pets, including spider monkeys and parrots. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> and Diego says at this point, Frida is a better painter than I am. Fuck. Finally. Finally, thank you for acknowledging that, Diego. We are we all we all knew it. I, they, Everyone wasn't saying it. Yeah, ever knew it, but like actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's finally getting the public recognition that she deserved as well. Uh, she starts teaching painting and treats her students as colleagues more than students. She said, <sighs> "Quote: I've never been a painting teacher, and I think I won't ever be. I'm always learning. I want you to know there does not exist in the world a single teacher who's capable of teaching art. To do that is truly impossible." Stop. All the theater kids are like, "Yeah, they're just like we feel that, we hear it, <laughs> we honor it." I mean, God, she would be a great teacher. <sighs> Why didn't she also, be probably her? a little bit of a scary teacher. Someone she- just said, like, like that pen. <laughs> 10, 15 episode where he's like, what do you fear? Um, what do you fear? What do you fear? My dad! Guys, <laughs> if you haven't watched Pin 15, do yourself a favor. There's like a theater episode where this like insane theater teacher makes all of his like 12-year-olds perform in a really inappropriate play where they're like, why I ought to hit you? It's like about like domestic violence. And I feel like Frida would kind of bring that into If you've ever been in like an acting class, you know how real that is. You know how real it is. Well, apparently she would like have her students around and like party with them too. And she's like, let's have drinks. Let's make art. She's like a little bump. Wait, how old are these kids? (laughs) (laughs) Bump here and there. I don't know how old they are. I mean, she's in her late 30s at this point mid 30s so i mean she probably is like she's like i don't have much time left is she dying yeah she knows she knows she knows she's in so much pain that too which i'm like i don't even know how she's like teaching because i would be like i'm never talking to anyone i'm in so much pain oh my god um (laughs) sorry the bump really just got me (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) she uh yeah she would have parties um and again i don't know how she did this because um her body is just deteriorating at this point at a rapid pace. Um, she had several operations on her spine and legs. She wore <sighs> orthopedic corsets. Um, <sighs> some were made of steel. Some were made of plaster. She had bone grafts that didn't take no. and infections that started from those bone grafts. No. But at this time, she also rejoins the Mexican Communist Party. She can't let him. She's like, I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> Oh, man. And she dedicated what time her health would allow to the political causes. So she, her body is, like, failing, but she... She's like, I got to stay with the time. My, my girls. It's incredible that she's like, but I know what's important in life and that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but she began to take a copious amount of morphine at this time to get by. Mm. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? Like, if she's literally been through hell and back. Imagine. She, like, hurts every day just to, like, live. Every day. I so deeply sympathize with people who have chronic pain i can't imagine it's like something you don't think about until you get a little bit older and you can really understand like what that must be like and every day with her like obviously she was in you know like the the cast and the corsets Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but also with chronic pain it's so internal so people don't see it as much no and so then it makes it i feel like it makes it harder for people to have sympathy no also i think it's like you know when you're like you're sick and then someone's like oh i feel better and you're like i feel so terrible Mm -hmm. they don't even know it's like because everyone's sick and everyone has bad days and so it's just completely minimized exactly and we think that we don't know that much about women's health right now oh my god imagine then jesus yeah no so um she she began using a wheelchair at this time Mm -hmm. and she had to get her right leg amputated at the knee due to gangrene in august of 1953 
but her friends, her female friends, would come and fix her hair with ribbons, and she was surrounded by a very gr- strong group of women. The power of sisterhood. That literally makes me want to cry. I, same. Same. I can't. Apparently, one of her friends would, like, literally sing her to sleep every night. <sighs> I don't know where Diego was. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine who needs them truly being that supportive. Yeah. Well, in the end, I think he, like, kind of turned around, but yes. Um <sighs> It's also in 1953 that she finally gets her own solo show in her own country, which oh, is like that's the, amazing. the biggest win. But she was ad- advised by her doctors that she was too ill to attend the opening reception of her first solo show and that she needed to rest. So she's like, Diego's like, I'm going to go in your place and I will tell you everything and I will, you know, be there in your honor. She's like, no, 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 no. Frida transports her bed to the gallery and intends from bed. That is amazing. I was about to be heartbroken if I was like, why all these famous artists like never get to see their first thing? She showed up. And she made it happen. In bed. I'm like, how iconic, how I wish I could do that to oh so my many God. events. That is like such a power move. And it's also like, look at me. That's yeah. so hard like when you're mm. sick like that to have people even like be around you and strangers and people that respect your work. Yep. And she was like, I've arrived. Now we can celebrate. It's crazy. Wow. She's amazing. I I love her. Me too. Um, So in her last days, Kahlo was mostly bedridden with um, bronchopneumonia. So I assume it's bronchitis and pneumonia. And like pneumonia is a... It's, it's fast. Oh, it's horrible. Too. Back in that time. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, she made another public appearance on July 2nd, 1954, participating with Diego in a demonstration against the CIA invasion of Guatemala. So she was like, I'm still showing up for the causes, I believe. Wow. In. Admirable. Uh, admirable. She seemed to anticipate her death as she spoke about it to visitors. And she drew, so basically, she was telling people, like, it's the end. Um, and she drew skeletons and angels in her diary. The last drawing was a black angel, which has been interpreted as the angel of death. It was accompanied by the last words she wrote, quote, I joyfully await the exit and I hope never to return. Frida. <sighs> At approximately 6 a.m. on <sighs> July 13th, 1954, her, nur- her nurse found her dead in her bed. Frida was 47 years old. The official cause of death was pulmonary embolism, although no autopsy was performed. But there's speculation um, that she died of possible suicide. Oh, really? Because her nurse found like a lot of the pills and stuff, a lot more were gone. Yeah. Um, In accordance with her wishes, Kahlo was cremated. Diego, who stated that her death was, quote, the most tragic day of my life, died three years later in 1957. Oh, from a broken heart. I feel like that. Um, Kahlo's ashes are displayed in a pre-Columbian urn at La Casa Azul, which Mm. is now opened as a museum. In 1958, it opened as a museum. Um, So Frida's reputation as an artist developed late in her life and grew Mm. even further. As during her lifetime, she was primarily known as the wife of Diego Rivera and as an eccentric personality among the international cultural elite. She gradually gained more recognition in the late 1970s when feminist scholars began to question the exclusion of female and non-Western artists from the art historical canon of the uh, Chicano movement. And the Chicano movement lifted her as one of their icons. Mm. And then I found this quote and I forgot who said it. 
Um, but it said, I think the people who dress up as Frida Kahlo today want to identify themselves with her because they feel there's a person who has been as lonely as them. There's a person who fought against the loneliness and who was strong enough to overcome their own problems. And that's wow. Frida Kahlo. I'm like obsessed with her. I am too. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad that all of you guys really wanted to hear oh her my story. God, same. That was just like one of the most interesting episodes it, to me just because like she's so iconic and I was just very like amazed what the a whole life. time what a political activist what an activist for the LGBTQ community an activist for like women's health mm-hmm. and like destigmatizing abortion and miscarriages mm-hmm. and pregnant like all of that I she's just so brave I just love her I love her too I want to watch the movie now like the, the whole time I just like kept like imagining the movie everything. Is, I really enjoyed the movie. It definitely gets a little artsy and but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah. I did that. It was I mean, I think Salma Hayek should have won. Mm. I haven't seen I haven't seen Nicole Kidman's performance, but wow. Damn, I do love Salma Hayek. Although I just saw her in Magic Mike three. <laughs> Which was I forgot I meant to bring that up. I mean, I haven't seen it. Oh, it was terrible, Claire. <sighs> it was terrible. You can't win them all. Right? You really can't. Um yeah, that was a tough one. But Wow. Wow. That was, just, that was just so fun. I'm so, I just like, I'm so glad we did it. Me too. Okay. So also just real quick, I want to bring this up. Um, we'll leave it as a little surprise what oh. our um, subject is going to be next week. Uh-huh. But mm. all of the women that we are covering did not have children. And I just think that is so interesting. Yes. And like, that wasn't like a planned thing because it doesn't fucking make you one, like yeah. a certain type of person or, or not. It yeah. just... That's your life choice. And I feel like in society, so many people, women are, have the idea that women are here to bear children and that is their identity. And so many of these women have been like, fuck that. Yes. And like, that's your value, which is not in the least true. Right. And like what incredible things they did with their lives. And I just. Wow. And it like, you know, you have the stories of people like Frida who really wanted Mm -hmm. children and couldn't. And Mm -hmm. that's devastating. And then. You have, you know, someone else that we might do. That's like, no, no that thanks. That was Dolly. She was oh, just like, yeah. that was just never a part of my life. Dolly and, yeah, I'm not sure about Oprah actually later in life. I mean, she did have a oh right um, a baby that, that right. died like in the hospital. But I want, yeah, but I think later, I don't know. She probably was like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Peace out. <laughs> Uh, well guys thank you so much for listening thank you i i've been loving this month i mean i mean same it's like it's it's our bread and butter seriously and if you want to see more of that log on to tiktok (laughs) tonight or today whenever you listen to this episode go check us out and just have a good little time to see how upset we got that's right go fight for us please do but keep safe because these trolls they're they be out here trolling don't take it on no do not take it on claire had to talk my flesh this morning (laughs) They ain't worth our time. What would Dolly uh, do? What would Dolly do? What would Frida do? She'd be like, fuck this. Yes, like literally, all of these women. Mm-hmm. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Me too. And we'll be back next week for our final final woman. That's right. And follow us on Instagram at Right Answers Mostly. Give mm-hmm. us a five-star rating and review. Join yes. our Patreon. Yes, $7.99 a month for bonus episodes that are lighter, pop culture, gossipy, more personal. We get into some juicy stuff. So we really do. We really do. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, bye, Rami. See you later. Bye-bye.